0: For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Don't settle for an old Gmail address. Show your true colours with your personalised at Toonarmy.com email address to use in-app or on the web. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. I went to Bladen It was on the 9th of June
1: 1862 on a summer's afternoon We took the bus from Balbras and she was heavy laid Away we went along Collingwood Street that's on the road to Bladen Oh my lads, you should have seen us gannin' Passing the folks along the road just as they were standing All the lads and lassies there and all with smiling faces Ganning along the Scotswood road to see the blading races What is up, everybody? Welcome to
2: another episode of CHN Radio. It's episode 155. Is that what it is? I don't know. I I, I don't know. We'll find out. If it's not, you can read it in the the title that you're probably looking at to make sure if it is or not. but we are just coming off of an international break. Obviously, you can tell I've taken some time off because my mind's not working. Uh, but we are here to talk about some news regarding Newcastle United, some uh, club statement that was released, and our match against Chelsea this Saturday. Let's get right to it. So I have to bring you and introduce to you uh, the greatest and bestest damn co-hostest and the landest. Elijah Newsom,
3: we out here in these streets. That's what we doing. Um, excited to be here. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's been it's been a week, and we're at the end of it, and we get to play Chelsea, um, which is fun because Newcastle always give Chelsea a fight, and Chelsea fans hate playing Newcastle because their team played our level. So interpret that as you may. But uh, you could follow your boy on the twitters at Elijah underscore Newsom. Uh, if you haven't already, check out the pods we've already dropped this week. Did a dope one with NUFC Indiana, our boy Eric Schmidt. Shout out to Eric. Um, and then uh, did a nice little roundtable with the boys over at the False Nines. Um, yeah, so, so check out all of our stuff. And follow me on Twitter and the podcast account at yeah. CHN underscore podcast. And, of course, the main account at Coming Home in UFC. And check out the site because currently Greg yeah. and I are the only people that have articles up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that's happening. Um, but it, you know, when you listen to this site, or when you listen to this podcast, you get all of the tastiness mm. of the site when you read it. Uh, it's the same thing. Yeah, get tastiness, uh, and you're welcome for that because that's that's what we bring best. That's what we know best is tastiness. Mm. Um, should I say tastiness again?
3: I think so. Yeah, go yeah. for it. No, good. Tastiness. good. That was nice.
2: Okay, so let's get into it. Mm-hmm. First news. Okay. It's a big one. Newcastle United club statement. Um, we have uh, – I'll read it and then love to hear your, your thoughts on this. Um, so it says the club statement – I won't read all of it. It's a little bit longer of a statement. <laughs> but the it says the club has previously not commented on the arbitration – it is pursuing against the Premier League with respect to its conduct, conduct relating to the proposed takeover because of the confidentiality clause in the EPL's rules. However, the club is aware of public reports which state that on the 17th of November, the EPL referred to legal proceedings with the club in social media posts, referring to the club's own legal case, in a letter to Newcastle supporters. The source of some of the reporting is said to be the EPL. It appears, therefore, that the EPO has leaked the contents of their letter to some of those commenting in the public domain. Uh, basically, uh, it's it's saying that they're not going to make us after this. It says that the, the club is not making a statement on the sub, substance of the arbitration, but it can confirm that they are in, they've issued arbitration proceedings. And it's unclear whether or not those proceedings are, uh, like what what the next steps are like we have to talk see what the how the EPL will handle it how the lawyers will handle it um, so it's a it ends with saying the club will continue to use its best efforts to press for a fair full and timely hearing of its claim uh, so Elijah how do you break that all down
3: yeah I think you, you got to start from the beginning um, where the whole reason this this even comes up is the quote fake lawsuit that Greg discussed on yesterday's episode uh with the false nines um the the consortium supporters those those two lads they got their response their their letter in the mail which i guess that's also news but nothing really came of it um essentially like their argument was sort of like a non-comment epl essentially kind of alluded to the fact they're not going to do anything with this particular case because they're already in arbitration With uh, Newcastle, and that's kind of how this this all... It was kind of a hidden detail, or small detail, that kind of was glossed over by many, but um, then reporters picked it up and people started talking about it, and of course, this happening during international break didn't help uh, the confidentiality side of everything. So, um, of course, the club is saying that they didn't mention that there was going to be arbitration because it's supposed to be confidential, and the APL has made it unconfidential. They've broken their own rules. Um, I guess overall, I, I'm not really sure what the arbitration uh, is going to, I mean, I don't, any, no one's really sure, I mean, like, I, I think every sort of legal expert that's that's tied to Newcastle Twitter all kind of has the same idea of like, there's a number of options they can go with, I'm not really sure what option it is, but whatever happens, it'll happen. Um, it seems like, in my opinion, given the other information we know, that there is, like, initially people thought they wanted that that sorry that mike ashley wanted compensation um for like how this process handled like he missed out on money that's what the arbitration is about um but given the fact that the athletic reported this and i believe also um the telegraph has reported this that the saudi consortium has been like kind of secretly in the background um contrary to what zach said uh secretly in the background uh regardless of the covid 19 pandemic still have the check written to purchase newcastle like this pandemic has not affected them at all uh which i don't want to call out zach on it because i'm a nice guy but like it's really hard to say that the the pandemic killed this sale because saudi arabia spent like almost a billion dollars during this pandemic acquiring assets so that was not that was never an issue um and they're still in the mix uh essentially if arbitration goes the way of Mike Ashley. They're, they want to resubmit a bid and go through the process again, which has got Newcastle fans all excited again. Uh, t- very timely news after the week of Miguel Amarón wanting to leave the club. You get this and then also our next story involving Rafa It seems like it's uh, things are looking up once again for Newcastle going into a January window. How suspicious.
2: Yeah, right. It, it, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because, um, th- well, so not only did uh, – like this could lead into the way we want, but also it like a lot of people were confirming today, the athletic confirmed that if, if it does, if it is a positive arbitration, they would resubmit a bid, uh, the PIF. So like, it's, it's definitely there. Uh, so yeah, you just gotta hope, hope that oh. this goes well. That's, that's, I mean, it's completely out of everybody's hands except for the arbitrator. So,
3: well, I th- I think what's interesting here uh, and Chris Woff brings it up and really shout out to Ed S commenter on this, on this athletic piece. Um, he brings up the the fact that um, that arbitration suits the premier league here. Uh, if it's, if it goes to arbitration, they're not the ones who technically make a decision on like whether or not the Saudi Arabian people are fit owners, et cetera, et cetera. Like, it, it takes it out of their hands and they don't upset the Qataris and BN. It's playing politics. And it's like, honestly, not a bad take. It sort of makes sense um, because based on the Premier League selling history um, and what the Saudi Arabians have claimed to provide it, you would imagine that like I mean, leaving up to a third-party arbitrator, depending on how they lean, like it could they could very well make a decision to allow Saudi Arabia to purchase Newcastle United, et cetera, et cetera. And it's not a decision the Premier League made. Like the Qatari folk can't be upset because it went through CAS, uh, or I guess I'm assuming it's going to be Court of Arbitration for Sport. I and mean, Chris Woff kind of echoed it and said. There could be some truth to that. There are sources out there that have felt all along that Premier League simply didn't want to have to make a decision themselves on it. Well, that's an interesting angle as well. So it's it's quite fascinating. It's a very long and drawn-out thing. Um, but you have to... It, it definitely feels like if this were any other sovereign nation not named Saudi Arabia that this would have gone through simply because it seems like at this point one of the main barriers is probably the Premier League's relationship with BN Sports so it's it's an interesting uh scenario to be in and of course we'll just keep following it on like the following following it along like yeah, uh, yeah exactly we are. we're 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 eating this all up
2: so that's that's the way the land uh we'll move to some well is there anything you want to say on that like anything else I, I think you got it all out but I just want to make sure yeah no I think I'm good okay that's that's great it's great to hear Elijah uh, the other news is Paul Dummett. Do you remember him? Because he got hurt again. Yeah. Uh, so it's it. Apparently, he suffered a recurrence of hamstring problems. So he's 29 years old, which is hard to believe, but he's under he's under contract with Newcastle till 2022. And his last match that he played for us was against Wolves in January, where he limped off with his hamstring strain and. Um, he hasn't played for us since. So it's been almost a year for him. Uh, it will definitely... This news will definitely add to the Jethro Williams fuel. Will it not? Or I said Williams. Willems.
3: Uh, it has to, right? Hey, he actually came out... Uh, the, the Chronicle claimed today that Jetro further again expressed that he would be open to... Uh, according to Lee Ryder, that he'd be open to a return in Newcastle. So... Okay, he just there you go. He's not playing at Frankfurt either, oh, really? which is surprising. Not oh, no. playing a lot, so doesn't okay. seem like it. Well, that's not a great sign. Uh, well, I think it's. I don't know. I mean, I, let me look because it's, I mean, I don't. It. I don't know why you would be so forward with this if he were playing a lot. Well, they've been getting smacked too, so that's that's also not good.
2: Maybe they should put him in.
3: Oh, well let's see well I think it's because there's yeah they're starting Stefan Zuber at that left wing back role they're really playing like a left midfield role like uh eh. and he's kind of like a, a club hero legend type individual like one of the better players of the club so I guess tough to get games like I don't know it's tough he's started every match and he's yeah. He's wearing the number 11 shirt. So I, I can see why Jethro's not playing. It's like how there's better center backs than Jamal LaSalle's at Newcastle, but Jamal LaSalle's is going to not – he's not going to not start. I mean, he's Jamal LaSalle's. He's going to start. Um, Anyway. Absolutely, yeah. Or Jeff Hendrick. That's another <laughs> – uh, oh, But anyway, man. yeah. Uh, I mean, it's unfortunate, um, but it does seem like Paul Dummett kind of is – he's he's a it's it's sad to see but his it definitely seems like his career is kind of dwindling to a close. It's pretty much I think the last 3 or 4 seasons he's had injuries that have kept him out at least a month or so and that's never a good sign. Uh all kind of like lower body strains and things like that. Stuff that's like non-contact. It's not what you want to see um from any sort of footballer and it his days seem numbered yeah. at Newcastle.
2: Definitely I don't know where he'd go.
3: It's probably not.
2: Probably not good. But um, if he left the club, I, it's, it's going to be a drop for sure. Uh, anyway, let's – I
3: could oh, I could see him retiring. At 29? Like, if he keeps getting injured. Yeah. Like, I mean, might as well move into but coaching yes, at that point. I
2: think he'd, he'd have a lot to, to gain from that. Um, I think a lot of people would be interested in that. Including our academy. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna take a break, and we're gonna preview
3: Chelsea. So stay with us. We'll be. You forgot the. Got the uh, most important that? news. The other news pertinent to the Miguel Amarón uh, saga.
0: Oh. Rafa did, did an interview with that.
3: BBC Radio, and he was he was just blabbing his mouth off about like basically talking about how he loved to return to Newcastle I'm paraphrasing here um, basically talking about his return to Newcastle how tough it's been in China um, once again reaffirming his goals to return to Premier League reaffirming that he did not really want to leave Newcastle pushing that again and that he would love to see Newcastle uh, and with the access to funds that they have had it's kind of throwing shots saying like they've been spending a lot of money he would love to return he would be open to returning to a situation like that so just go ahead and fire up the uh, the Rafunitas to Newcastle uh, transfer rumors I guess but uh, he said this is a, uh, I'll read one quote um, that kind of sums it up and then we can go in break I says so with all these things in your head if I decide to stay when we had no money imagine if if there was a takeover. And then he says, at the moment I've had a lot of respect because I have a job and I'm very grateful to Dylon and Wanda, but the Premier League is a target for me. So essentially he's like, hey, remember I stuck around when there was when we were out here buying Hasselou's and Jesus Gomez on a free. So imagine what happens when I get that guap and I can buy whoever I want.
2: <laughs> All right, let's uh, talk about our match against a team that has guap right after this break.
0: For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a match with live commentary, goal alerts, lineups, in-game stats, and TV and radio links for over 100 leagues globally. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play.
2: Okay, we got an early one for you, West Coasters. 4:30 uh, a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, kickoff against Chelsea FC. 7.30 Eastern, and what's that? That makes it 12.30 uh, British. So, yeah, 12.30 British. Uh, um, we're playing Chelsea. And it, it's probably a good time to play them, simply because of people that won't be playing. <laughs> um, that It's at least an advantage to us. But uh, we'll get into that match.
3: So uh, let's talk injuries first. And... Wait, do you want to roast Chelsea real quick? Yeah. They, Since we have the time, too. Yeah, might as yeah, well. Yeah, they
2: suck. Gosh.
3: Yeah. They they also have a, a manager who hates Americans.
2: And their name is a girl.
3: Oh, that's cute. They're also not even the best team in London.
2: No. No. Brentford is. And
3: they also... Yeah, Brentford is. And um, they spent... What was it? Like 70 million pounds on statistically one of the worst keepers in the Premier League. Yeah. From so, uh,
2: Athletic Club. <laughs> yeah, let's get it.
3: Some great business by our, our athletic club, a, a supporter of the pod. Uh
2: what about um what about we uh we sell him Carlo Darlo for eighty mil.
3: Dude, I mean do they have Mindy now. That'd be like thirty three percent of the takeover right there. It it would be. Um Jeez. I yeah. right? Wow. Not that's wild actually. <laughs> um <laughs> any any other roastings that you want to do? Um not races. really. I mean like they they're they're a good team, so it's yeah. really hard to roast them. And they're like they have a lot of likable people. Like Kai Havertz seems like a nice guy. Timo Werner. Also like we're Bundesliga guys. So like we but can't he's not really playing. hate on a lot of these guys cuz we're yeah, he's not playing, obviously, but like, we can't hate on these guys because yeah, we support the Bundesliga. Yeah, so yeah,
2: so it looks like Christian Pulisic and Kai Havertz are out, and yeah, Thiago Silva is, might is rumored to be held back uh, for the Champions League that's happening the following Tuesday.
3: And maybe Ben Chilwell, because he's kind of like, he had a back spasm this week, and he was in training, but again, uh, is the game against Newcastle important for Ben Chilwell, or is it going to be Champions League for him as well, so, who knows? Or is it going to be what? Like Champions League, is he going to oh, 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 get okay. held out for Champions League or is he going to play for Newcastle? Oh, not for Newcastle. I'd love for Ben Chilwell to play for us. To play against yeah. Newcastle. <laughs> uh, okay,
2: so the next, uh, for, for Newcastle, at least, it's Dubrovka, it's Gale. They're, they're out. And uh, some admin photo sharing shows a little training sesh with uh, Jonjo Shelby and Paul Dummett was in the training today. Uh, but I think that's where he restrained it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's it's apparently we're still waiting to hear what's going on with Ryan Fraser and Callum Wilson with their hamstring issues, but there's optimism, more optimism on Callum Wilson than there is Ryan Fraser. Uh, Matt Ritchie's back in training and your boy Elliot Anderson, which we're going to talk to after this preview on odds and ends. He also was in the first team training session, um, and I don't know if you missed it, but he scored two backers. So uh, it does not. People seem are good. saying no, he might debut. I would love it, uh, Elijah. Take it away. What What are we gonna look like?
3: Oh God. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a great question. Yeah. Um, considering what's what's been going on recently, I'm very curious to see what happens with. Uh, Miguel Amarone. uh obviously, he, he did not come back early, so he's going to be flying in, uh, I'm assuming, by the time this podcast release. He'll probably be just landing in Newcastle yeah. from South America. Um, so, might want to pencil him out. I'm going to assume, I'm going to be pessimistic and assume that Calum Wilson is not playing, just because, like, it's. I would rather be pleasantly surprised that he's playing than... Like get my hopes up and then realize that we're starting to Linton. So I'm going to say it's going to be a back five once again uh, with uh, Carl Darlow in goal, Jamal Lewis at that left wing back spot with alongside him Federico Fernandez with Jamal Solves in the middle and Fabian Shear on the right hand side with Jacob Murphy playing that right wing back spot. The midfield is where it gets interesting because I have genuinely no idea what Newcastle are going to do here. I think at this point you have to start um, Isaac Hayden. Uh, Jeff Hendrick had an absolute mayor this past international oh, break, it's so bad. it was it was really bad. Uh, I would be shocked, like I don't know, it's it would be tough to convince me to start him. But Steve Bruce um, might, but I honestly think we could see a long staffs midfield with Isaac Hayden. Um, I'm just getting a gut feeling that that's what it's going to be uh, because really, like Jeff Hendrick was so bad that it's it's like. It's one of those where even Steve Bruce has to take a step back because he's had like two meth matches at Newcastle and then two, well, not even, yeah, two truly awful matches for Ireland. Uh, So, and then I guess we're going to go ASM up top um, and uh, Joel Linton, probably. I don't know. Uh, Big Joe. I could also see Newcastle going 5 4 1 and doing ASM out wide and Joel Linton out wide. With, Long, with Sean Longstaff and Isaac Hayden in the middle. So be on the lookout for that with Andy Carroll up top and Elliot Anderson coming off the bench. It sounds ridiculous, um, or Callum Wilson coming off the bench. It sounds ridiculous, but this seems like the very thing that Steve Bruce would do at this time is just, like, do a formation shift because he knows, like, he's on the hot seat here. Change it up. Do something, do something different and put your players in the best position to kind of, like perform. I think it's it's well known, Jolens. It's probably gonna be better as a playmaker than a, a straight out and out center forward. So if you can try to play him as a as a playmaker yeah. and you can with the five four one and still kind of have that defensive uh solidity. Yeah.
2: Yeah, awesome. Uh I I, I yeah, it's gonna be a weird one just because of players being unavailable. It's gonna be weird for Chelsea too. Uh you'd hope that if Chelsea has players sitting That we have a full strength side. Unfortunately, that is not happening and we can't have nice things. So, Elijah, what does Newcastle United have to do to win?
3: Yeah, I think really here, it's it's going to be down to how they set up. You need to put your players in the best positions in order to succeed. And that just hasn't happened the past three weeks. Uh, Alan St. Maxman we know what he's good at We know where he's effective And playing with the secondary striker role Pseudo number 10 role It doesn't make sense in this formation The 5-3-1-1 or 5-3-2 Whatever you want to call it So I do think that there needs to be some sort of shift I'm fine with going 5 in the back if, If our players are put in positions Where they can succeed If that is not the case Then it's like it's really tough to defend The constant use of this formation Especially when like some of the defensive solidity starts is starting to feel more like luck now than it actual defensive solidity. Um, so I think that's a big thing. Uh, we need to set up our players a bit better to even have a chance in this. And I think, of course, we have frustrated Chelsea in the past. This particular Chelsea team has fr- has been frustrated by teams who sit back, um, especially because guys like Timo Werner are kind of less effective or have been less effective this season against teams that sit back. Um, and like Hakeem Zayek, guys like that, they're just not really used to seeing teams that defend so deep um, just due to their circumstances where they've come from. Maybe they've getting, gotten used to it, but I haven't really seen it myself. So, yeah, I think that's a big thing. Let's 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 play Alain T. Maxman on the wing and, and maybe Joel Linton out on the other wing and just try to see what, what we can do, uh, try to handle on the counter. Nothing crazy. Um, but yeah, I think formation change is needed. Put players where they need to be played and not just wherever you think they should play.
2: Yeah. Uh, do you think that there's a chance Jacob Murphy starts?
3: I started Jacob. Oh. I said Jacob my Murphy bad. at right wing. Then back. I missed that. Yeah.
2: That's
3: my bad. Uh, yeah, right. no, it, it's well, very odd. Uh, I mean, I thought. Yeah. Oh,
2: go, go oh, ahead. Sorry. Sorry. I
3: was just going to. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I thought it was, I'd still think it's weird. Javi Mankio just hasn't, like, I don't know what that's all about. It's just weird. Yeah,
2: uh, who knows. Uh, next thing is players to look out for. Uh, for Chelsea, there's a lot. <laughs> so, I, I mean, Tammy Abraham, like you mentioned, Hakeem Ziyech. I mean, there's, there's Tino, Timo Werner, uh, Mason Mount. Conte, we can really go down their entire lineup. And I think they are thinking that if they go position to position, they're literally better in every every part of the pitch, probably except for Carlo Darlow and Mendy. I think Carlo Darlow is playing better than Mendy right now. And outside of that... Yeah,
3: Mendy's faced far fewer shots. Man. Yeah,
2: outside of that, I don't think there's a single player that can say they're playing better. That they're that's better than anyone on Chelsea side for us, is
3: there? Uh I I personally like Isaac Hayden more than I like Mason Mount, but that's that's personal. Mm-hmm.
2: So maybe that's maybe pretty. um Hayden over Mateo Kovacic.
3: Yeah. I mean if Cal Wilson's starting, I would much rather have Callum Wilson than Tammy Abraham. You would? I would. Interesting. That that is. Close, I mean, Calvin Wilson, he scored more goals with less chances. Like I just as a striker, that's that's a positive. I think it's a, it's a. I guess it's really more preference. It's like, do you want the athleticism, the youngness of Tammy Abraham, or do you want the guy who's been there, done that? You know what yeah. you're gonna get with Calvin Wilson. Yeah. Like Tammy Abraham, and on any given day, he can have no goals or have a hat trick. You don't know. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. All right,
2: well, um, let's go to a prediction. Oh, stats first. Uh, Let's go to 538, see what they're saying. Um, Do you think 538 thinks we have a chance? No. So 538 says that Chelsea have a 62% chance to win, a 22% chance of a draw, and a 17% chance of a
3: win for Newcastle. So, Elijah, what do you got? Um, I got a 3-1 Newcastle loss. Okay. Uh, there's, there's nothing that I've seen from Newcastle in the past month that has given me any hope that we could take on a rotated Chelsea side. Uh, even if Chelsea rotates, I don't see Newcastle really having an opportunity to really create any chances. Um, and that's really solely due to how the team's been set up. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so if we, if we go with the same sort of like... 5-3-1-1, Five, three, one, one, and we n- neglect to like put Alan St. Maxman in the best position to do what he does best. Then there's no chance we even score. I think the only way we score is a is a garbage time goal, like we often do in these kind of games. Uh, but Newcastle do frustrate Chelsea, so I don't know. I'm still gonna go with my gut. Three-one loss for Newcastle.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm also taking the same de- de- deficit. <laughs> um, I have Chelsea. Chelsea's gonna win.
3: 2-0. That's interesting. I, I think I, if I were a betting man, I would bet Chelsea to score three goals. What's the
2: line? Let's see. Uh, Phil I mean, Buffett I'm, just, I'm just
3: – yeah, Uh. I'll, okay. I'll just tell you why I would bet Chelsea to score three goals. Yeah. Probably because they've done it in their past four matches. They've scored at least three goals. So uh, there's that. <laughs> yeah. They uh, beat Sheffield 4-1. They beat Renee. I'm guessing that's Star Renee, just looking at it. It looks like it's Star Renee I'm going it looks like a Star Renee Crest. I'm not gonna doubt myself. Three nothing. Uh, and then Burnley three nothing and some other team. Krasnodar four nothing. So and I, I was right, it was Star Renee. So though the last time they scored less than three goals was a zero zero draw at Maine United, who is better than Newcastle. So um there you go. Did you find the line? Uh
2: for some reason it's not. It's just saying that Chelsea is a very heavy favorite. Uh, they don't have goals scored yet. Maybe maybe I have to wait a day for the sports book that I have. Uh, but I'm just looking on my phone, so could could be that.
3: Sorry, oh, sorry yeah, to completely. That. Oh, I haven't had have everyone's it. Own I have it. Okay, I don't understand soccer odds. Uh, I have.
0: Okay. I got you.
3: The, wow, the money line on this is insane. The spreads yeah. plus wait, plus one? I don't I don't get this. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's points. Out. We need we need over under goals. Well oh the over is two the total's two point five.
2: Okay, so you're going well over. So you're you're saying Chelsea will have over yeah. two point five. But that's a I'm saying Chelsea have over two point
3: five. So
2: yeah, so yeah, if you're line betting line everybody, t- t- check uh go over on this one according to
3: Elijah's betting corner yeah 2.5 honestly seems kind of low but I guess when you consider all of Newcastle's matches especially this season even against high scoring teams have not they've they've been two goals or less for the most part it yeah. kind of makes sense so but yeah you're I'm, saying nah not happening I'm I'm not a betting man I'm just a guy who nah, no no Elijah's sport,
2: you know? betting corner says take the over hammer it Folks, let us know how much you won after the match is done and uh, we'll move on. We're going go to go to odds and ends uh, right after this.
0: For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a thing with the latest Newcastle news, gossip and social stories as they break. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play.
2: Okay. Elijah, welcome to the show. Odds and ends. He has a grimace from a strong sip of whiskey. He just slogged down.
3: Um, yeah, shout out ASW in Atlanta. If you know, you know. Yeah, if you know, you know. Um,
2: <laughs> I, yeah, how many people do you think would know?
3: Um, probably, like, maybe if Alex Passine's listening, shout out to you. Uh, maybe Mike Foster, Uh mm-hmm. That's probably it. Uh-huh. I feel like I don't know the Atlanta listener base. But, I mean, if you're in Atlanta, you know about American Spirit Works. They make very good whiskey. Um, this is the old Maris okay. Otter. It's a nice little blend they've got, 92 proof, available at your local uh, your local liquor store for roughly $55. It's a, good, it's a solid your little bottle. Your local
2: Atlanta liquor store.
3: Yeah, yes, yes. If you're abroad, I don't know what to tell you.
2: Abroad of Georgia.
3: Yes, yes. <laughs> May not even have it in Oconee. Like, yeah. if you're in Georgia, well, they've...
2: Oconee County? Because they definitely that's... don't, because it's a dry county. <laughs> yeah, wait, really? Oconee County is, yeah. Or at least it was when I oh, was Oh, yes.
3: There. I guess, yeah, I guess. Because everybody from I mean, Oconee just, just about like... to Athens to go out. Really? That's crazy. Lake, like, Lake Oconee is not dry, that, no. where that is. That's and a it's
2: crazy. a lake, so it's definitely not dry.
3: Yeah, no, that had that's one of the biggest liquor stores I've ever been to. Yeah. It's so nice. They had like they had like those bottles that are like so expensive, you're like, why is this even on display? Like it's like this is a five hundred oh, and fifty dollar bottle. why why do you have this out? The liquor stores here
2: are insane for that specific reason. Like there was a bottle of whiskey that was for like like it was like eighty two grand in the liquor store and I was just like, <laughs> Oh, okay. Like there they have so many of them. There's like it's insane. Good for them. Um. Okay. Odds and ends. Okay. International call-ups. So make sure to check out my article. plus Shameless plug for me. Um. That we. That I recapped our international break. And then when you're done reading that, read the. Just go over the top twenty prospects at Newcastle by me if you haven't. And then when you're done that, um. Go listen to our. Uh, last two pods, not this one, uh, and read the article that Elijah wrote about those pods, all on our website. So that's your homework. But the international break. Just to recap, uh, we started with Miguel Almirón. Uh, most people know what happened with this one. It was it was definitely publicized. He he showed out against Argentina. Got a one-one draw. Uh, he made Messi look human. In some instances, and he even won the penalty for Paraguay. Uh, as a big result for uh, Paraguay to go to Argentina and get a point out of that. So I think that's pretty fantastic. However, Almirón did get a yellow and was suspended for the match on Tuesday. Elijah, any thoughts on Almirón?
3: It's it's interesting. This is this is an interesting time for Almirón. Uh, he's put in a lot of quality performances for Paraguay uh which is kind of why it's interesting that Danny Campos made these comments because like if you look at his play at Newcastle there's not much to say like oh this guy should be wanted by Athletico Madrid or Inter Milan or or any other team really there's nothing that stands out statistically for him but when you look at him in these World Cup qualifying matches against Again, very quality opponents. He's playing Brazil. He's playing Argentina. He's playing Colombia. He's playing Peru. He's playing very good teams that are respected on the international scale and balling out. It just only bodes well for him uh, in terms of just like his, his value as a player. So, I mean, shout out to him. Uh, and uh, it's it feels weird, but not weird to say, but it's interesting to kind of look at. It's something that's under the radar. Maybe people won't notice it if they aren't really Newcastle fans or Atlanta United fans or Paraguayan but Paraguay, low-key, could make the World Cup this year, um, coming out of a very, very tough region in South America. They've picked up some solid results yeah, and you some just, of the favorites.
2: Yeah, you just, uh, the qualifying there is you need to uh, finish in the top four, and if you're fifth, you still have a playoff. Uh, so that, that it's, it's a shot they're in fourth right now. I mean, way, they've played four out of 18. So long way to go uh, for both teams, but... Uh, Pretty cool result from him. Then we go to Jeff Hendrick in Ireland. Not good at all. Uh, I watched the first match against England, the friendly. They lost 3-0. I only watched it for Jeff Hendrick because I I don't have a a dog in the fight when it comes to to, uh, uh, England. So I watched it for Jeff Hendrick, and I completely forgot he was playing. It was bad. There was one – I think it was the second goal for England that Jeff Hendrick just let whoever it was. I don't remember. Uh, just walk right up to the box and score. And Hendrick didn't close down at all. It was miserable by him. Uh, and then it was even worse. He uh, got a straight red in the 90th minute against Wales in the following match. Uh, he had a yellow earlier, but this one was straight red. He uh, he was the only man back on a Wales counter, and it was just a terrible challenge. That's a, a, a red in every way of the word. And he was suspended for the last game that Ireland drew nil nil. Emile Kraft is becoming less and less relevant. Uh, he didn't play in the first match because of COVID restrictions for the country. He uh, was unused substitute in the second match. And then he came on in the 67th minute uh, Again, in their Nations League loss to France. He didn't do anything in it. No surprise there. Jamal Lewis,
3: uh, do you any comments so far? Um, I think it's interesting so, the meal craft because So we have No, I, it's Jamal
2: ended up uh,
3: Whoa, we are on a mega delay. That's wild. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I was just gonna say It's interesting with the meal craft because he's basically getting like Out like the guy who's starting ahead of him is 33. So it's not like Sweden's going through some sort of youth movement. It's just Emil Kraft is apparently just not good enough to play for Sweden. Yeah, yeah. Just
2: and and just saying, uh, we'll do uh, just a little apologies because uh, it does seem like we're having a little bit of issues with all this stuff right now. But we'll we'll, hopefully it's cleaned (laughs) up, nice, nice and tight for y'all. Jamal Lewis. Uh, they lost to Slovakia, which allowed them not to qualify uh, or advance in the Nations League, which stunk. Uh, he didn't factor much into the game. He had a few mistakes, actually, in that one. Uh, he was a, a, came into the sub in the Nations League against Austria uh, in the 36 minute due to injury. Uh, he got beat bad in that one uh, for a goal. Um, and then in... Wednesday's match against Romania in the Nations League, he came on in the 66th minute. Uh, he did have a nice little counter-attacking play where he like great dribbles, got around some people, and had a great great ball into the box, but it wasn't uh, connected on. And then the last player is Fabian Cher, and he played in the friendly. Um, he didn't really do anything, and then he was suspended for the Nations League match against Spain anyway. And then Tuesday's match against Ukraine was cancelled due to COVID nineteen. So that is your international update, Elijah. Any other thoughts on Jamal or Fabian?
3: I'm not surprised about Jamal. It, it, I'm not. I don't want to put the F word on Jamal, but it. I mean, it. It's not looking great as terms of business for Newcastle. Like, I think that if if Jetro Williams comes into this team. He's starting over Jamal Lewis every match right now. Mm-hmm. So, I I don't want to put the F word on Jamal, but and if you don't know what the F word is, it's fraud. I don't want to call Jamal Lewis a fraud, but I mean, he's he's making a damn damn good case for him being a fraud.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh also U21s played their last match and now was known as the Papa John's Trophy. Uh, they changed their sponsorship every year, I'm, I'm pretty sure, it seems. And uh, it was their last match. They lost all three. They lost this one 3-2. to two. They actually had a 2-0 lead thanks to Elliot the Goat Anderson. Um, pretty awesome, honestly. He Two amazing goals. You can check them out. Uh, find them on Twitter. Just search Elliot Anderson goal, and you'll probably find them. Uh, and he's really good, folks. But uh, the U21s crash out of the competition with three losses, and that's
3: it. Yeah, a shout-out to Akraf Lazar, who uh, who posted his highlights from the match all over his Instagram. Him and Rodrigo Vilka, uh, which both of them... Consi- like, uh, Akraf Lazar's highlights were him passing the ball forward uh, to Rodrigo vilca who like put two guys on their asses, and then him... Uh, doing one dribble move, cutting inside, and passing it to a midfielder. So, Akraf Lazar, still relevant, still relevant. And it's now looking like... Like, I mentioned, like, I've always made the joke. Akraf Lazar could be a guy that Orlando City signs. But now it's looking like Akraf Lazar wouldn't even be a guy that, like, an MLS team would sign because, like, Orlando City, one, is a good MLS team now out of nowhere. And, two, like, Mm -hmm. Akraf Lazar, it's getting kind of embarrassing, bro. Like, just... Let's finish out the season, just, you know, figure it out and try again next year somewhere else. Maybe, like, a bad MLS team, like in Lady United. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I I don't
2: have a feeling the Philadelphia Union will be picking him up anytime soon. Um, Let's depart then, Elijah. It was sweet. It was lovely. Um, I'll miss you. And... Uh, No one tweet to me until about 30 minutes ago in the Newcastle-Chelsea match. Um, That's the earliest you're allowed to tweet to me uh, in the 60th minute. That's that's when I'll accept it. Uh, But uh, outside of that, that concludes this episode, this lovely, wonderful episode. Thank you for listening. Uh, Tell your friends about us. Like, subscribe, give us five-star reviews. We love all of it. But I'm your host, Greg Troxell. That is the best game co host in the land, Elijah Newsom, And this is the best song in the world. Coming home, Newcastle. We love you. Let's get three points. Echo Wave
3: Love you guys.
1: Alright, that was solid. Alright, that was solid you never win the cup again I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park If the galley gets in the rain I'm coming home And I'm proud to be a Jody And to live in Jodie land Some people think we're 40 And we're hard to understand And they say it's just self-pity and we're not so very tough Cos the people in the big fat city Haven't had it toughest as rough well. I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound In me mother hear hey, how we? I'm coming home It's the old blind busker who stands at Fenix's door. He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before. And I love the Jody heroes, there's so many famous names. Like Linda and Gaza, Brendan Foster and the Gates at Games. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day I'll need for a bottle of your own brown ale I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the cup again I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park if the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day I'll need for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away i kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me, will I seen anyhow we I'm coming home, Newcastle I may as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day. I will need for a bottle of your own brown ale. I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the cup again I'll pray the darkness in James's park At the gallery end in the rain I'm coming home.